Chicago's home for sports. Now, by your side, through your smart speaker. Just, Just tell it to play ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. You know, it's a, it's a game of responding. They came out, hit us in the mouth, and we didn't respond the right way. But... You know, that's what we got another game for. I think that, uh, we just got matched in intensity. We saw how they played us differently and got to adjust to it. That was Zach Levine after game three on Friday. Boy, do they need to make an adjustment. I'm Jesse Rogers. Wow, yeah. Mark Xander here as well. Yeah, they do. They do, Jesse. I'll tell you. What what a difference! And uh, look, uh, Milwaukee, they they really defended well. The the Bulls did not respond well. I've got some numbers here that are shocking from the game that they won versus the game they lost. You know, they were what was it? Uh, they, now they didn't have too many chances at the free throw line on uh, on uh, what was it? Game two, uh, but they were ninety three percent. Well, they were and they were forty eight percent from three point land, and I and, feel and like they were right. I know that's sort of an obvious number, but I. I, I even though they're not a three-point shooting team, you got to get. Yeah, if gonna you're going to compete, you got to do. You got to get near fifty percent. So, so much to get to yeah. here. Good yeah. morning, good Sunday morning to you, Mark Xander, Jesse Rogers, with you. This is basically your Bulls pregame show. We know you're getting in your car, headed over to the United Center, or maybe you gave away your tickets after you saw Friday's game. But we want to hear from you. Feel free to sound off before Game Four here. Bulls down two one. We'll head over to the United Center in about a half hour. Talk to the Tribune's Paul Sullivan. About this contest, three one two three three two three seven seven six is the number. Kind of a nice, quiet, lazy Sunday morning, but it's going to heat up over at the UC because the Bulls should play in desperation mode. Obviously, if they lose this one, it's over yeah. against the champs. It's over. Yeah, yeah. Look, game two was a nice surprise, and they game- made they made some adjustments. And uh, Milwaukee didn't have a great game, but you knew that the Bucks were going to come out on game three and make the necessary adjustments, and and it was just. Real or a real tough watch. Game three was, reminded me of Mike Tyson punching that guy on the plane. That's <laughs> right. what game three you was. You did not see that guy on the plane punching back. No, they t- right. He never punched back, and the Bulls never punched back. And that's where I want to start. Okay, we have to go. You have to learn from history before you can move forward. That's the phrase I'm going to use. Because I was there on Friday night. All right, I had 300 level tickets, but was able to move down to 100 level, like center court. My mm-hmm. buddy Seafood Dennis, who a lot of people over here know um, at the station, he, he owns a seafood company called um, Seafood Merchants. He got a, some tickets, invited me down to the 100 level. So I'm there center court. I am so excited like everyone else. I don't attend that many games as fans because of my job and all that stuff as a fan. So I'm there like everyone else, first home playoff game in years. And I can tell you, as I thought about it, watching and then leaving and then before today's game, that was the least entertaining sporting event I've ever attended. And you have more than a few. And I've attended Uh, 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 thousands. Yes, many notches on your belt. Least entertaining, and I'll tell you why. Jeez. There wasn't, think about the game, there wasn't one moment that you could get excited about. I think if I think back to it, the crowd got most excited on Vooch's opening three-pointer. And even if they were down, there wasn't an alley-oop. There wasn't a great defensive play that led to a basket. There was not one entertaining play 
after Vooch's opening three, and that's that not was, really that entertaining. But right. it was a you know first shot of the game goes in, everyone goes crazy, and then does, he's another does one. Does you think it's an indication of things yeah. to come? It, and so I, I'm I'm curious. I mean, does that does that is that, am I going too far? Does that make sense to you? It, no, it does. It makes game. complete. Look, I, it was a tough watch on TV. I can't imagine being in the building. It was dead. It yeah. was dead. So let's start with there. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you were there, do you agree with me? If you weren't watching at home, do you understand what I'm saying? And what's the least entertaining sporting event you've ever been at? Because that game has to be right there. Now it's hard for me to rank 20 years ago games that was at, but this is certainly in the top five. There wasn't one moment where I was high five and seafood. Dennis sitting next to me there. Right. We were going, you know, not one moment. Obviously, you lose by 30. There's not going to be many anyway. But within you a game, that, there's usually there'd be more than one. You'd think there'd be at least one, not the opening three-pointer. So it was the least entertaining game, and that's where I'm coming from. And I can't even remember how they won game two right now. I can't even remember how that happened with game game three three stuck in my mind. Game three, it just shocked the system. And it doesn't matter, right, how they won game two because the Bucs came back and made the adjustment and really hammered them. Now it is going to be interesting to see how they're going to do in Milwaukee after what kind of adjustments can they make to get back to game two shape. Yeah, well, make your three-pointers. That's easier said than done. Right. But as you're watching that game, they didn't have an inside game and they didn't have an outside game. You're usually going to lose a lot of contests. There were two two bowls in uh, double digits in attempts. I mean, you had 81 points. In That's a 2022 it. NBA playoff game. I know. 81 it, back in the 90s? Okay, whatever. Vooch and Levine, that's it. 81. Levine played like crap. I'm sorry. Six for 13. I, I, Vooch I, was eight I've for 17. tried hard, Mark. I've tried hard to get my arms around Levine, give him a hug. Yeah. Or as my son calls him, Levingered. Zach Levingered. <laughs> that's, that's Is that funny. a good one? Yes, I like uh, that. He, he sent me a bunch of them. Him. Yeah. He sent me a bunch of them. I know minutes to Sumu. I know minutes. He sent me a bunch of them. He's so mad. My son's a huge fan. Um, and I just can't get my arms around the guy. I can't. Get, I don't want to hear about his knee. I'm tired. Lavinger. Yeah. I'm tired of it. I can't get my arms around him. I know he has moments. I know he has talent. But for my money, well, I, this whole Max player I am thing, not giving I mean, him. We're, we're not there yet. But, uh, yeah, it, it would be real hard to make him give him that status on the Bulls, you know. We haven't seen enough. Three one system. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Do we have to play a breaking news sound or anything like that? Um, you got so- something? Yeah, it sounds like Eloy's going to be out a while. Which I mean, we knew anyway. Oh, um, let's see. There's a sock statement. We'll get to that from. This is James Vegan from the Athletic. Eloy will be placed on the 10 day IL today with a right hamstring strain. After returning to Chicago, he'll undergo further evaluation by the White Sox team of physicians. The club expects to be able to provide an update prior to Tuesday's game. Preliminarily, it is estimated that Eloy will miss approximately six to eight weeks. And that's got to be on the conservative side. It could be worse than that. It's about what I thought they would say, you know, uh, uh, about two months. And that, again, is hopeful, I think. Yeah, you know what? We'll we'll definitely get into that. But just real quick, Jess, I'm worried that the kid just isn't – uh, stout enough to make it. Uh, you, you know, I know it's early, but we've seen this a couple times. Now, when he was running down the line, and this is going to be an interesting thing to get into because now we're hearing, okay, 
too many. We've lost our whole outfield uh, on the south side because, again. Because, again, because they're trying. You know, they're hustling. Do we really want to tell people to stop hustling? No, now? of Is course that it? not. Of course you, you not. Know? So, so with Eloy, you you saw how he stepped on the bat. Yeah, yeah. That is that is something that you teach. So right. I don't know what happened so, there. So are these flukish moments? Going over the fence, pectoral gets right, ripped. Right, this is what I'm Awkward getting. Awkward land on the base, or is this who he is? Is this immaturity? Is this or well, not immaturity, but just not not game sense, game smarts, how to take care of yourself and 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 make the play. Let Let's add the White Sox to this conversation because this just came down. Eloy out at least six to eight yeah. weeks with this hammy. I mean, if they lose today, or even if they win, I can't recall a worse week. From Monday to Sunday, than the White Sox are having, or just no doubt, will have no doubt. And, after and, today. And, and, and the, I can't think of one. Uh, Tim Anderson, he's suspended now. Five errors already. He yeah. had ten all last year. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to sound off about any of this, the White Sox have made sixteen errors. It's the most in baseball. The San Diego Padres have made zero. That's a record to start a season, by the way, whatever, however many games they've played. They've made zero. The White Sox have made 16 uh, errors. Yes. They got rained out a couple days, then get swept, have a chance to get swept again. The first game they lose Luis Robert. Yep. Now he'll be back. Yep. And now they lose Aloy. They do get um, Lucas Giolito back today. We'll see how effective right. he is. Right. I don't have confidence in them winning today between that and whatever god darn lineup Tony sends out there. Right. It just, well, I can't think of a worse week for a team in no, any sport. No, it, it's been shockingly bad. If they win today, okay, Great. they salvage something. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they will. It's, it's going to be t- – look, they, the way they started out the season, you know, I think anybody that's paying attention to Sox, you know, it's like, okay, here we go. We're Six in gear. Two. We're in gear. We're winning yes. series. Yes, and, and then, then that doubleheader – and that first game, that doubleheader woo. was just – so brutal, and they are just stuck in this rut now. And uh, Harrison's out. Pollock, I'm not sure. I've got the injury report here. I'm no, not he's sure back, when he's right. He's coming back. No, he is back. Oh, Pollock's he is back. back. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, they lost Eloy and they lost Luis. That's yep. that's yep. all you need to know. And Moncada's not. And Moncada's not, not back yet. yet. No, not yet. But like I said, they do get Giolito back. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We'll 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 go in and out of White Sox and Cubs baseball here over the next couple hours. So this is about the Bulls. You're headed to the United Center. Feel free to sound off. You know, getting prepared for this show, but more prepared for Friday's game. You know my day job. I'm baseball. I read everything. I'm headed to the game. I just want to put I ensconced myself in Bulls Bucks. I read all the previews. I read betting stuff. I read everything. Bunch of trash. Nobody knew what was going to happen Friday night. Giannis is going to score 40 because he doesn't have Middleton. And he, he, he you know, bet the under and assist. He's, he's going to take it all on his seven back. seven assists in like the first quarter. Giannis was dishing all over the place. You know, these people don't know what they're talking about. Chris Middleton is not Michael Jordan, for God's sakes. Right. I mean, I don't follow the NBA like maybe you do. But I'm like, Chris, I was reading like the loss of Middleton. The Bucks are going to lose three, four straight. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> he's a good player, but he's not. He's not. You the elite of the Come elite. On, you're not. You're not losing Giannis. And all you had to do was read a stat, which I read. Uh, which I'm sorry, I think my son told me. Um, in every game that Middleton has missed, Grayson Allen has averaged nearly 20 points. And what did Grayson Allen do the other night? He was the best player on the court. Yep. 
easily. And that's what a championship team does. When they lose someone, they have someone to step in and fill in. And I mean pound, and, 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 and I mean pound for pound. Right. I'm not saying he's better than Giannis. No, but no, in no, that no. moment, right, right. the other night, given his size and coming off the bench, he was the best player on the court. And that's shameful if you're if you're the Chicago Bulls to let him of all people go yes, off. Yes, we don't like him so much. No. 312-332-3776. We've got Eddie on the north side. Hey, go Eddie. Ahead, Eddie. Hey, guys, but it, it's just like that. There's guys sitting on benches in the NBA that are good like that, but they never get their minutes and they never get their shot. Look at Jimmy Butler when he was on the Bulls. He was just sitting at the end of the bench when he got his shot and then he was got into a starting role. Well, obviously his salary you know, blew out of the roof then because everybody wanted him, and he turned out to be a pretty great player. It, 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 it's like that all the time. But the thing about uh, the Bulls, I, I didn't think, I mean, scoring 86 points, is, I didn't even think I watched an NBA game the whole year. And then to go out and put 81, I was thinking to myself, that's got to be hard to try to only score 81 and not over it in the NBA nowadays. You're that's right. ridiculous. They're, they're, they're done. And the Sox are done, too. Oh, and then the Cubs are done, and the Hawks <laughs> are already done. It, it's bad. Thanks, Eddie. Hey, Just shut it down. Three Just touchdowns down. And, and three extra points at, at Wrigley yesterday. Give Impressive. Them, come on. Impressive. If, if you're going to rip on the Cubs, at least don't do it today. Of yeah, all. Give, yeah, I mean, give them a break. Look, look, yes, it was against the Pirates, but that's okay. They just lost two against the Pirates. Take every win you can get. Yeah, right, right. But the 21 was, that was a, that was fun to watch. That was. Yeah, well, yeah, Save you know, some for today, the, yeah, that's <laughs> that's the point, right? Uh, but it gives uh, gives a lot of those young guys some confidence, you know, something like that. A, a yeah, game like that, does. you know, right? That's, that's, that, that's a game that could carry over. But yeah. I read it all Friday that uh, game two against Milwaukee was going to carry over to game three. I saw someone write that. Oh, they're going to carry that over to a series win. What? Because they won one game in Milwaukee the first time they beaten the Bucks with Giannis in seventeen. No, actually, you know when that happened, I thought, "What? The Bucks are going to make an adjustment." Watch what happens in Game Three. I, I talked to everyone that went to the game Friday, and I said they're going to get punched early. But can the Bulls respond within the game? They got punched early. They got punched in the middle. They got punched late. They never responded. It was but the you Tyson. Knew, you knew the Bucks were going to respond early. It was a yeah. yeah it was the Tyson, and the Bulls Tyson never on the airplane. Never just, did. All right, three one two three three two three seven seven six. The number. Jesse Rogers, Mark Xander, just getting going on this Sunday morning. If you're headed to the UC, feel free to sound off. Give us something optimistic about this one because. Again, I have a little PTSD. I was there Friday night. I can't even remember how they won game two, Mark. So bring me back to sort of, yeah. I don't know, See if um, you can calm the Jesse optimistic down. Chicago fan. Bring that out in me in the next yeah. couple hours, will well, you? Yeah, it may be a challenge. <laughs> we'll do that next on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. 10.20 on a Sunday morning. Jesse Rogers, Mark Zander here till 12.30. We're going to talk to Len Casper after 12. He's in Minnesota. Series finale there. The Sox without Eloy Jimenez for up to six to eight weeks. That's the news today. He'll be further evaluated when the team returns home. So it should have um, more info We're on that We're not going to see Tuesday. him for a while, that's for sure. Yeah, and Luis Roberts out again. It's like deja vu all over again. It's yep. crazy. Yep. It's been really, really tough this week. For many different reasons, not only the injuries, but the errors. 
And, and, and uh, you know, leaving, uh, you know, I've got a stat here. The uh, White Sox are third in Major League with uh, leaving uh, men on base. Yeah, they're not hitting. No, they're, they're not, not hitting. fielding. They're, they're, and they're getting on base and they're not scoring. They're pitching a little bit here and there. Yeah. Although if Valencia-Lasquez is your answer, I don't know what the question is. Um, they're just all sorts of problems right now. Luckily, it's April. Luckily, it's April. Right. So you just have to survive for a while just like they did last year and then – Hopefully they take off again. The difference is the division's tough. Now, now you're watching the whole league. Uh, you know, generally speaking, um, are we seeing a lot of these uh, running to first base injuries all over the league? There, there's a few. The Sox seem to have more. Yeah, and that's <laughs> yes, the problem. There's a few. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I no. Not. I mean, I, I'm not, not seeing them widespread that many. situation because yeah. of shortened spring training. Um, it's more pitching injuries because of the shortened spring training or shorter pitching outings. Right. Um, but no, right. I haven't seen that many. I haven't seen that many. So. Sox just are snake bit in this category, you know, these last couple of years. I'll say this about Eli. I mean, take it for what it's worth. So when he was with the Cubs, I was, you know, covering that beat every day. And the day after the trade, now I think I've mentioned this before, and I, I'm a little loathe to mention it, but because it's like hindsight type stuff. But the day after the trade, I talked to an in-uniform coach of the Cubs. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like a lot they gave up, Cease and, and Eloy, right, for Quintana. And this person, and this person said... He would miss Cease. And remember, Cease was just coming back from um, injuries and stuff. Like, his career was at the very beginning. Eloy was a bit closer to to making it. He said he would miss Cease. But he also said the organization was trading Eloy at kind of like peak because he, and I don't know if he was speaking for the organization, thought he would be injury prone. Now, I was told this, what, in 2017. Wow. And I'm like, eh, maybe it's sour grapes. They got rid of two good players, sure. and they wanna they wanna spin the trade. But he didn't say anything bad about Cease. But he said, so if that was the internal thinking, then now I understand the trade a little bit more. We're moving a guy we don't necessarily think is going to be healthy long term. So everyone else loves him, but a hey, durability is a big part of this game. But look, I don't know if this coach really knew. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, I mean, look, he didn't say anything bad about Cease. He specifically said. I, I don't remember if he said I or we, meaning the organization, think he's, he's going to have some injuries. Having said that, first one certainly was flukish. This one is a little flukish, but is he have that, does he have that body that gets injured a lot? Does he have a style of play that gets injured a lot? I mean, at least, I think these are questions you can throw out there. Yeah, no, they definitely are. It really, again, I don't know the specific, you know, why it happened that way, but when he stepped at the back of the bag and if that was his error that's the thing that we have to make i mean that's the concern right that he's just not playing smart again but again is it it not playing smart or and or is he i hate to use the word injury prone you words injury prone but i don't know more athletic guy steps on that bag that way and he's not out six to eight weeks i don't know you have a point i get that point too right i don't know Whatever that is, it right. looks like it's going to be an issue because this is the second year in a row that we've lost him for a good amount of time. And he's but never, there are two-year flukes. And, and right. You know. But he has not, uh, to this point, has not been able to put together a lot of consistent time at the play to reach or even come close to what his potential should be. Now, Luis Robert, you know, his injury this year isn't the same as last year. However, it was running to first base last year that he had that hip situation yeah yep yeah it's it's not good and it's hard to 
figure out, navigate injuries when you're talking about them. Is a guy injury prone? Is he played dumb? Right. Is he not athletic It's just bad enough? luck. I mean, That's all we know for sure. Right now, it's just bad luck if you're a Sox Terrible fan. luck. But I just thought I'd throw that out there because when he got hurt last year, it popped into my head. Right. And now I'm like, you know what? i got to retell that story. 312-332-3776. But we want to talk mostly about the Bulls today. If you're heading to the United Center, feel free to sound off. Yeah, First up, in. though, let's go to Geo downtown on the White Sox. What's up, Geo? You're hey, on Gio. ESPN 1000. You know, you guys are two uh, good guys, and you're sweet in your delivery. But you know what? Let's talk serious about the Sox. I know you want to talk about the Bulls, but I want to because it's Jerry's other team, which we're hoping Jerry sells both teams. But uh, the bottom line is everybody in the league hates the Sox. You know, when they proclaim themselves the next World Series champs, they forgot there were a bunch of other teams in the league that get better every year, too. They put this team together on paper. They traded the, probably the best second baseman they were going to have for the next 20 years for some reliever they didn't even use. He's a, it's a total bust. But they don't even have an idea what they're doing. Just because you throw a bunch of guys on the roster, you have to condition them and get them ready. Listen, I'm not a professional. I know that's a, what they do. I'm good at what I do. But you just can't throw them together and assume you're going to win it all and everybody's going to lay down for you. Injuries are part of every, every team. Every team has it. It's what you do to get through them. The Sox, you know what? I would rather them just keep their mouth shut, go about doing their business, because that's what Chicago's all about. We just take care of business, broad shoulders. That's who we are. They don't even do any of that. They gloat about who they are, what they're going to be. They're going to win it all, and they expect everybody to lay down. They're lucky Houston's depleted, because the Sox would have never gotten through Houston for the next 10 years. So if they think they're going to win a World Series, they're farther from a World Series now than they were at any other time when they put this team together. There's really a problem what's going on there. Whoever pulls these trades and some of the things they've, they've tried to put together, it's just not working for this team. I'm not saying flush the team. It's a talented team. But you know what? They've alienated the whole league. Nobody wants to see them win. All right. All right. Gio, 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 Gio. Gio, we're going to well, let us respond. Yeah. Um, well, well let, let, I'm going to leave you on, Drew. Let me ask you this. Okay. Where is this bulletin board material that you're talking about? Once in a while, T.A., Sounds a little right. brash, whatever, but that's okay. What, where, where is this? We're going to win the World Series. Everyone hates us stuff, Gio. Right. Well, first of all, I mean, I travel a lot. I go through New York and okay. Boston. I'm on the West Coast. They hate Chicago. They hate the okay. team. And I'm well, that's okay. Right that's now, actually a badge of honor for me. Oh, yeah, I'm fine with that, too. I'm a West Side guy. But listen, Rick Hahn's got to just keep his mouth shut. You know, all he talked about all spring training, and the media pumps him up a little bit, is, we put this team together. We should win it all. All of the, I mean, every time I've seen him, I wanted to throw the TV through the window. Just, you know what, let's just do what we need to do. Let's take care of our own business, and let's really watch what we do as far as who we trade away and who we get rid of. I mean, that's the thing that bothered me during the trading deadline. They're always trying to add a piece or do something different. That last piece they added when they grabbed the reliever from the Cubs and they gave up marginal for, for that guy, I mean, that to me was a horrible move. You don't move a number one draft pick because you're going to get a guy you don't even utilize. I mean, really, I, I well, don't well, know. Well, 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 he just wasn't successful. Right. And the other guy was the out for the year. Right. The you're intention trying was to there. win it all right. year. All, you're trying to win it. I mean, that's the bottom line. Just like the Cubs were trying to win it when they traded for Quintana. I mean, Gio has maybe a morsel of truth within his little rant there, but it's not enough to overcome some of the stuff he's saying. I agree with the criticism on Rick Hahn. 
they still don't have enough left-handed power. I've been saying that for three years. He definitely did not fortify his starting staff enough. I think there's some truth in there, but that's too much. Don't you think? Yeah, he's off. Yeah, yeah. It's, Don't you think that's too much? It it is. It is. I think. Uh, hey, hey, oh, okay. Let's let's dissect some things. First of all, Madrigal being a great second baseman for the next twenty years. I, I can we make that call at this point? <clears throat> First of all, it's good contact he, hitter. Okay, that's uh, fine, fine. But there, the intention. I understand the intention. of What he tried to do. The guy had the like a three ERA. What are you supposed to do? Just like Quintana was so great with the White Sox, he wasn't as good with the right, Cubs. It happened. The same thing happened for right. the Sox when they traded for Kimbrel. Right. So stop with this hindsight stuff. Um, they were ready to make it a six inning. Six inning playoff series for them with with uh, you know bridge guy to set to 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 Kimbrough in the eighth and Hendricks in the ninth and they were going to win the World Series. It made sense to me. Right, right, it did. And 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 this whole thing, they're they're a little uh, you know braggadocious and everybody hates us. I don't care what anybody thinks about the White Sox or White Sox fans. And I don't remember anybody saying we're going to win the World Series. Nobody else has a chance. That's no. the way Geo put it. No, no, give me a break. Let's go to Paulie. Hey, Paulie, Mount Prospect, you're on ESPN one thousand. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm with you guys, too. The, the previous caller was way off base. I mean, I think, and I'll speak as a fan last year, I was on board with the with the trade at the time. I think it looked right. I think yeah, it didn't work out. Point. That happens. Yeah, yeah. You may, you, you're, you're going to win it. So, I mean, the reason I called, uh, you guys were asking for the least entertaining games, is you guys think back to 2019 with regard to the Bears, and, you know, we're coming off the playoffs, and pretty much everybody was back. We're kind of uh, high and mighty. We go into the season opening night against the Packers, I think it was a Thursday night. And uh, Bears just wind up wet in the bed. It's it's a ten to three game, and I mean, you know, we obviously lose. And it was just like, how, how much more deflated can you be after, than after that? And I think it really just kind of dragged them down the rest of the season. Uh, I did have one question for Jesse too, with regard to um, Andrew Vaughn. I'm just curious, like, what is the the mindset right now? If you can speak to it, maybe. Um, I mean, I know that they, not, they may not have a specific position for him. But I feel like his bat's got to be in the lineup every day, and I feel like he can play enough positions where you can probably rotate him every day. Just put him in the fifth or sixth slot in the lineup, and they say, okay, you're third base today, you're right field today, you're left or whatever. Just get his bat in the lineup as much as possible. Well, now with all the injuries, his bat's going to be in the lineup, no doubt. Yeah, I agree with Paulie. It should have been anyway. Yep. I didn't yep. agree with him not starting opening day. You give confidence to a guy. Joe Madden did that to Schwarber one year. Um, he should be in there every day. Let him take his uh, his 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 bumps and bruises, but I, I'm tired. Oh, the matchup, the matchup. Just he's a he's a stud hitter. Get him in there. Get him right. get him as a bats against the best. And if he fails, he fails. But he'll be better for it. So I'm and, look, I'm with and, you. And you're right. He'll be in there. In now. this whole thing, in this whole thing, we're we're talking about April, right? So why are we concerned so much with matchups right now as to get him some at bats? Yeah. I agree with you. Let's go to Paul Sullivan from the Tribune when we come back. He's over at the United Center. Give us the little vibe there. I bet it's a little bit different. The other night was excitement galore. This is probably just like, I don't know. Cautious optimism? No, I no. don't think we can. No, we can't even say how, that. How bad can this one go today right. is kind of the way it's people... It's kind of wincing. Yeah. Like I said, I don't even remember how they won game two. Paul Sullivan from the Tribune next on ESPN 1000. It's okay if you missed your favorite show. Podcasts are ready. The all-new ESPN Chicago app is here. This is Chicago's home for sports. This is ESPN 1000. They responded the way they should have. You know, um, give them credit. You know, we didn't we didn't come out 
compete the way we should have. Um, you know, and that's that's a lesson on us. You know, um, it's no excuses. We got to go out there and compete, be- compete better. You know, we can't let our missed shots dictate, you know, um, us offensively. But, you know, give them credit. They did what they were supposed to do. It's DeMar DeMarozan after Game 3 at the United Center. Jesse Rogers, Mark Zander here in advance of Game 4. Bulls down 2-1. They got blown out in Game 3 after a really nice Game 2 victory, Mark. Let's go over to the United Center. I think Gates just opening up, so people filing in. But our guy, Paul Sullivan from the Tribune, has been there since, I don't know, 8 a.m., trying to figure this thing out for the Bulls. Paul, do they have any hope today? Let's start there. Right out of the uh, game. There's always hope, Jesse. You know that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's really going to be an uphill battle because I think uh, – uh, Milwaukee's basically got it out of their system. They didn't have a good game in, in the opener, and they won that. And then they had a, a bad game again in Game 2. And I think uh, Game 3 was kind of their wake-up call. So, uh, you know, I think they're going to the kill. And uh, it's just imperative for the Bulls to get off to a good start, not put themselves in a hole again, get the get the vibe at the stadium going. Because, uh, you know, it started off so great the other night. And then... Uh, I mean, the fans, and then they just kind of shut up by midway through the first quarter, and, and then that was it. Yeah, and I, look. Well, yeah, Jesse, you were there. You said the exact same thing. Yeah, I was dead. Yeah. Don't you think Vucevic's, Vucevic's opening three was about yeah. the most excitement the whole building showed? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you look at this, uh, the whole last couple of weeks, you know, no one gave the Bulls a chance going into this, but let's put that out there. Yeah. Uh, including me. I'm not, you know. <laughs> separating myself and none of us thought that they could compete with this team and then when they won game two you know you started thinking oh well you know a little hope, out yeah. and you know a little optimism and the mm-hmm. place was just it, there's so much energy starting the game uh, the introductions caruso and uh demar and then uh you know vooch hits three and then that was it yeah uh i mean it it was just a stunning so uh I don't know. I mean, I, that, obviously that can happen again if the Bulls don't get back on defense. Um, you know, DeMar was talking about the, they, they did have a great defense plan against him. You know, they denied him going to his left, and we know that's what he likes to do when he wants to pull up for those mid-range jumpers. So uh, we'll see if that happens again. Yeah, I don't know if it was the layups, the easy layups the Bucks had that bothered me. The layups the Bulls didn't have that bothered me, right. or just simply Grayson Allen looking like Michael Jordan. I, you know, there's so much yeah. there to unpack. They can't play worse in Game Four, Polly. But I mean, yeah. what, what's but, more? But by the yeah. time Grayson Allen got in, I mean, they were already getting killed. Yeah. And then Grayson just kind of like, you know, he was like the dagger when he hit those three threes, or you know, like in two three minutes. So uh, I mean, Grayson was the star, but let's. Let's remember that, uh, you know, they were killing him before he got in. Well, you know, the Bulls uh, obviously didn't have a lot of attempts uh, compared to game two. Yeah. Uh, you know, defense is not the only issue here in game three. So how do they, uh, what's the best way to respond? I mean, obviously, they've got to pick it up defensively. But what's it going to take to start scoring some points like they did in game two to give themselves at least a shot? Well, obviously, they're going to have to, like, penetrate more. Um, you know, uh, DeMar and Zach, and, uh, you know, it's, I know it's, it's easier said than done because uh, the Bucks have those three big guys, and uh, Giannis and, and Brooke and, 
uh, Bobby Portis in, in the starting lineups. But uh, you know, you got to you just got to establish that early, uh, even if it means going to the free throw line. They only shot ten free throws the other night. Right, which is, right. Yes. You know, ridiculous. And, and, um, and so it seemed like they passed up some mid-range jumpers. I mean, this, this was my yeah. problem with the offense. They either took a bad three-pointer or made one too many passes yeah. instead of shooting a mid-range shot. Yeah, they were too unselfish. And, and you could see the fans getting uh, uh, upset yep. about that, too. You know, they, you're taking the shot clock down. Uh, um, we've seen this year when this team is at its best. They're pushing the ball. They're in transition. Um of course, you know, a lot of that was when Lonzo was in the lineup. But still, uh, you know, Caruso knows how to do that. He did it with the Lakers. Uh, they can't just, you know, come down court and, and throw up some threes, especially Vooch. I mean, when Vooch is hot, he's hot. And when he's not, he's not. And this has been one of those years when he's not. Yeah, three so, for nine. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, Io, they don't even trust him anymore. He played in garbage time, but... Uh, Io and even Javante hasn't, you know, really done much. So it's really up to the starting five, I think. And uh, and I include Williams, even though he's a young guy. I mean, uh, this is not the time to, you know, like, you know, slow down. He he was awful the other day, the other game, one point, I think. Um, so he's got to uh, wake up too. Yeah, and if Tristan Thompson never plays another minute for the Bulls, I'll be just yeah, I'll be fine yeah, with what, that. It was too bad. We thought that he would add something. He did for a moment. Yeah, uh, maybe a game, but right. Yeah, when Grayson Allen just ripped the ball out of his hands at the end of the first quarter, I mean that was really embarrassing. Uh, yeah, he he's been a disappointment, and you know, and they could use him because obviously the height disadvantage is, is significant. It, it's been that way all year, but it's. It's very apparent against the Bucks when you know they got Portis in there with uh, Brook and Giannis, and, and the playoff experience that we thought he would bring yeah. and help out. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. I mean, that was one of those moves where the Bulls tried to do it on the cheap. They and you know this is this is what you get. You get what you pay for. So, have you heard anything yeah. over the last whatever thirty six hours that was kind of like, oh, okay, well that might maybe that'll work or that's interesting from one of these guys? Anything? That stood out other than we have to compete better? No, I mean, uh, they didn't talk yesterday. I think Billy did a Zoom from the uh, from the Advocate Center, but uh, the players didn't talk. So, And obviously there's no open locker room before games like in the old days. So uh, the only ones we heard from were uh, Zach and uh, Damar after the game the other night. Both of them pretty much reiterated that they have to be more aggressive and, uh, you know, they have to uh, – play like the old Bulls, like they were earlier in the season. And, uh, I mean, that's pretty obvious, but uh, we'll see if they do. Well, we, we've we seen uh, DeMar step up, obviously, like in yeah. game two, but are are we going to see anything like that from Zach? I mean, is that knee really just – it just seems like a lot of, unfortunately, empty promises with him so far. Yeah, I mean, I understand uh, he's got the knee thing, and maybe that is going to prevent him from uh, – you know, going downhill as much as the Bulls would want him to. Um, but, you know, I mean, this is crunch time. Uh, guys are playing injured all over the league. Uh, you know, it's now or never. I know he's got the big contract coming up and doesn't want to screw that up. But, uh, I mean, yeah, this is, you know, his first playoffs. He was very excited about it. And, you know, he's he's got to pick it up, too. Uh, I think uh, really those big, the three of those guys, 
I, I don't blame Caruso because he didn't have a great game the other night, but he wasn't. I don't think he was the problem. But uh, you know, the big three—Vooch, Demar, and uh, Zach—they have to step it up if they want to uh, make this a series. Because if they lose this one, you know, it, it's basically over. Yeah. So I want to run something by you, having been around as long as you have, just about sort of coverage and stuff. I read everything going into Game Three, and I mean, the Dallas Mavericks won a playoff game without Doncic and then lost yeah. one with him. And I just felt yeah. like they were giving way too much respect for Chris Middleton and not enough for the rest of the team. There's always someone that steps up when a guy is out. And it just felt like the coverage was, oh, without Middleton, the Bucks are done. And I'm like, I'm not saying I knew yeah. what was going to happen Friday, but I'm like, that seems a little too much. A little dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, well, I agree with that because, uh, you know, Middleton – is an all-star, but he wasn't actually having a very good series uh, in the first two games, and even before he got injured, he had a lot of turnovers. Um, so, And then they've got depth on this team. They stick in a Bobby Portis, and we saw what Grayson Allen did off the bench, and Connaughton, so um, you know, that's one thing that they really have over the Bulls, is a, is a good bench. And, and they showed that, and the Bulls bench, they haven't been used a whole lot, and when they have, they really haven't shown up so kobe white you know especially i don't, I don't know about his future now if uh, if he doesn't you know step up a little bit and hit some threes in yeah. the series yeah. he's been awful you, you think uh, io needs to get a little more time i don't know i that the whole io thing i know it's a matchup thing and i i just don't think they trust him anymore um you know he's you know milwaukee's gonna dare you to take the three and he's not shooting the three well uh, he's a good defender, but he's not, you know, he's not a point guard. Uh, so he's not really a shooter at this point. So you're kind of giving up a lot if you're putting him on the floor. So uh, I think uh, Billy's going to go with, uh, you know, keep those five starters in as much as possible. And and Iowa will get his, you know, junk time if, uh, if they're getting killed. Hope for the best. Paul, yeah. great stuff. Yeah, really thanks, appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Paul. Uh, check okay, out Paul Sullivan in the Tribune. Have fun today. All right, see you at the yard. You got it. That's Paul Sullivan, Chicago Tribune, uh, great columnist there. If you want to sound off on anything you just heard from any one of us three, 312-332-3776, maybe you agree, maybe you disagree, here's your chance to jump on uh, guest-free phone lines. If you're headed to the United Center, I'm Jesse Rogers. He's Mark Zander. We're back in a moment on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. 10.50 on this Sunday morning. Jesse Rogers, Mark Zander till 12.30. We'll talk to Len Casper after 12 about all those White Sox injuries. But we're talking to you about the Bulls as you head to the United Center. 312-332-3776 if you want to sound off. Tell me your favorite Bad Bulls nickname, meaning when they're bad, my son is a diehard. So this comes out of love. Okay. okay. This comes from a place of love. Sure. DeFrozen, you know, when he's off. DeFrozen. You've sure. probably heard that one before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he likes uh, Lavingered. Lavingered. I like Lavingered. Vooch is scared. You know, can't go down low against Giannis. Vooch is scared. Caruso. So. So so. Oh, Caruso. Right, right, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Next one I can't do because of the Me Too movement, and he shouldn't have written that. I, I, I told him that was mean, so I won't do that one. But this is my favorite. You know what, you know what Jesse? That was just enough to get right, a laugh. Right, Because now we're all just yeah, imagining. Right, right, right. Um, let's just put it this way. He played uh, 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 on Patrick Williams. He played, uh, played off of that. Okay. 
I know minutes to sumo. <laughs> Instead of I yo, it's I know minutes to sumo. So that comes from a place of love because my son is a diehard fan. I, I like Lavinger the most. I don't know. And I feel bad. And, if and I'm sure Zach would not like that. But I know. Yeah, it's you know, all the truth good hurts. fun, though. The truth hurts. Yes. And remember, Zach and anyone else, people are paying good money. Not me so much. Seafood Dentist took care of my ticket. Right. People are paying good money to go watch that product. And you gave us hope after game two. You gave us hope. And then you ripped it out. Yep. You ripped it away. Those adjustments have to be really stout today. All right, let's listen to Zach Levine about what they need to do in game four here. You got that? I mean, obviously, shot making is a big thing, but I think we just got to match their physicality. You know, they, they came out a different lineup, and obviously with Chris being hurt, we knew that it was going to be a little bit more dangerous because, you know, they have a next-man-up mentality. You know, they've been in that situation before where players have hurt, and, you know, guys stepped up. Um, so, you know, we got to watch out for that. I mean, you talk about getting, like, hitting the mouth and not responding. I mean, how much did their start and just the fact they were hitting every shot, do you think, affected you guys? I mean, it don't feel good, but it, obviously we just didn't, we didn't have that same competitiveness. I didn't think that we had the first two games in uh, in Milwaukee. Um, you know, we, we, we took a punch the first game when we went down 0-9 and we responded right away. We didn't respond the right way. So get to look at the film and figure out how we can, um, you know, do a better job of, you know, matching force with force. This is why you don't read previews. Anybody that was on the Bulls said they were going to ride the wave of game two to a win in game three. Well, how do you not have the competitive edge after what you did in game two and you're coming back home for the first home playoff game in years. How do you not bring it? So, Mark, Riding I don't, the wave. I I don't that. believe that's the case. I don't believe it was about competitiveness. I believe it was about offensive execution. Yep. Why aren't we focusing on that? Uh, they gave up 111. Now, they probably would have given up like 120 if the fourth they didn't take the fourth quarter off. But my point is from 111 to 120 is about the norm in the NBA. Mm-hmm. They scored 81. The focus should be on yep. the offensive end. Yep. They took bad threes and then passed up decent mid-range jumpers to make the extra pass that never resulted in anything. Right. It's, they it's never, execution. They it's never went down the, the, the. They never went to the lane and dished off for a, right. an easy hoop that right. way. I, I get Giannis and Lopez are down there, but it was offensive execution right. that stopped this from being closer. Better defense certainly would have helped because they ran all over them, but they did not get, uh, as I mentioned, they only had a couple players in double-digit attempts. You can't, you, can't, you can't score if you don't shoot, Jesse. And they're, getting, they're down big, and they're just still not running much offense. It just was so frustrating to watch, whether I paid for the ticket or not. Let's go to. I like uh, the next man up mentality he was talking about. That's what a championship well, team that's has. That's what they right? did without Middleton. That's my point. Right? That's my point. Let's go to Bob yeah. in Lagrange. You're hey, on ESPN 1000, Bob. How you doing? I concur with what you're saying. And I told the guys on the morning show that Levine is not for real. He's not. Okay, what do you mean he didn't come out with the uh, matching them? He's been seeing them since last year. He's all star, supposedly. He made the all-star team because Kevin Durant was hurt. But no excuses. What do you mean they matched us? What? No, what are you doing, Levine? Who are you going to match? And by the way, Donovan is not a coach. Oh. Oh, I don't know about that. I I don't know. I'm not a, the biggest Levine fan. And obviously the Bucks are a better team. They won the championship. The Bulls are playing without Lonzo. All that stuff counts. But, okay. So it's lose, a tough lose, matchup so lose, just so before lose they by even five. Play. Right. And score 100. Right. That means... You're at least doing something out there. You're providing some entertainment. 
You scored 81 and lost by 30 at home. No excuse for that. It's a good old-fashioned ass-whooping. Let's go to Lawrence on the north side. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey there, Lawrence. Hey, what's going on, guys? Two questions. One, would you give Zach Levine the Supermax after we've seen his inability to perform under the big light? And if so, why? Because you look at free agency and other superstar caliber players and their numbers, and his are almost there. I'm impartial, but that's one question. And the second, despite how disappointing this Bulls run has been, we didn't expect them to be here this time last year. So who do you think is going to be the next Chicago team to legitimately compete for a title? Thanks, guys. Big fan. Well, I still think the White White Sox are currently legitimately contending. They made the playoffs last year. I mean, it's been ugly, but Uh, it's only April. It's only April, and they have a good team. So let's not not be crazy. The White Sox have the best chance of contending in the near future. As far as Levine, it sounds like you... you, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not not sold. I'm just not not sold. Me neither. Injured or not. Build a team around him? I don't know. I don't know. Right. I would not give him the Supermax either. There's other people at this radio station that would disagree. Yeah. You and I are in that boat. I don't want to hear about the injuries. His knees are not going to get any better. I mean, he's going to have surgery or something. But you know what I'm saying? As you get older, they don't get any better. No. And I just don't think his game is – I think it's too volatile. You know, I never lo- never loved Russell Westbrook for the same reason. I'm admitting they are talented players. But we're talking about are they your favorite players? No. Russell Westbrook, I was a Harding guy. I used to argue with Sylvie about this. Same thing with Levine here. I'm just not a Levine guy. I've tried. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you have as well. Yeah, I have. you got to give him a shot. But at this point, I'm not sure that that's the right move. Andrew's headed to the United Center. You're on ESPN 1000. Andrew. Quickly, Andrew, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone in Chicago is just wishing Levine and DeRozan could change ages, and you give DeRozan a 25-year-old Supermax. That's all I have to say. I'm going to the game. They're bringing home a win. Yeah, well, that'd be wonderful. But yeah, uh, be, yeah we'll see. You know, until they invent that time machine, <laughs> they are what they are. Yeah, look, DeRozan, uh, we were, I, was it Paul Sullivan, maybe uh, Hanley and I were talking to last week or the week before, and we were talking about how, you know, they're probably going to keep him and maybe build a team around him. And he's an older guy, right? And I don't know, I don't know if you build a team around a guy like DeRozan, but he's the guy right now. And he's really. You know, it uh, exceeded many expectations. And the caller was right. We didn't think the Bulls would be here at this point. But because they're here, they can't get beat by 30. Uh, you know when what? The I, game before, they won. You know, if, if you're talking about competitiveness and needing energy, I would treat IO today like the Bucks treat Grayson Allen. Let him go. Yes. Just get him in there. Let him go. That, you can't do much was, worse than the other night. That was my point. Why are we not giving that youth? That opportunity. Next man in mentality. Bring him in the first quarter, first substitution, yep. and let him go. And see where it goes. I mean, like I said, you we can't just, do much We've seen worse. some great things out of that kid. All right, we have to break. 312 yep. The number, our number two coming up. If you want to sound off, now's your chance on ESPN 1000.